everybody, and welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 319. We're recording on September 24th, 2014. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Halstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Just love, I love, every every week I try to prepare myself mentally for how Josh's enunciation is going to be. There is no preparation. Name. No. It's always a little you're, bit different. You're just wasting time there. It's always a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We uh, record this podcast every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific or so. Uh, you can join us when we record this live at pcper.com slash live. We would highly encourage you to do it. We have a chat room. We hang out. We answer questions. Sometimes we just bits with everybody uh, but it's a lot of fun you get to see the uh how the sausage is made so to speak before and after um and it's not pretty sometimes it's really ugly last week was pretty ugly this week is significantly better already so uh that's always a plus if you want to join us and maybe you are forgetful uh you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe and you get this little form here where uh we ask for your name and your email address and uh, we will send you a message anywhere between an hour or 20 minutes before we actually start the live stream. We give you a little reminder that, hey, we're here. Hey, we're here. Um, that's all we use it for. We don't spam anybody on it. We don't do anything else. It's simply for uh, making sure you are here for all those wonderful PC Perspective Live events. So uh, make sure you do that. And, of course, for just like all the back episodes and stuff, go to pcpro.com slash podcast works as well. Uh, now, before we get into all the crap that happened this week, because there was a lot of crap, I mean high-quality uh, content that happened this week, uh, there's a very important reason why you do want to make sure you were on that subscription list while you were on pcpro.com slash subscribe. We have two more live streams happening this week, one on Thursday and one on Friday, both of which I think are going to be really cool. So tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, Tom Peterson from NVIDIA will be here in the office, and we are going to talk about, uh, as you might guess, GTX 980, GTX 970, uh, the Maxwell architecture, what new features it offers, talk about that, uh, uh, the new global illumination engine, talk about Mother F and AA, we're going to talk about DSR, <laughs> uh, we'll do some demos, we'll have some stuff to give away, and as always, the Q&A part of his talks when he comes to the office are always really good, and people get a lot of good information about it. He's very honest up front about pretty much everything that he's allowed to be honest and upfront about. He won't tell you about the 980 Ti or the 970 Ti, despite how much I want to ask him. Um, so You can ask him. I can ask him. I mean, he won't, he won't say much. So again, that is going to be tomorrow, September 25th. Thursday. So if you're listening to this after the fact, not live, then hurry up. It may already be on. Uh, and that'll be at pcpro.com slash live. So that'll be exciting. And then on Friday, we have another live stream with a newbie on uh, with us, Jacob from EVGA, Jacob Freeman, uh, a well-known personality in the community, uh, goes to a lot of LAN events, covers a lot of things. He does a, a lot of great work at EVGA. He's is the, is yeah, he here. bringing a crowbar and an Enviro suit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, more importantly, he does he's have going a, away 980s, 970s, a whole bunch of other fun things. Yeah. So I don't. So we'll have to wait and see tomorrow what Tom actually brings to give away. Jacob has been prepared, right? So on that live stream, we're going to talk about their uh, GTX 980s and 970s. Of course, we're going to talk about their X99 motherboards that were released uh, just was that a month ago or something? Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, they've got new power supplies I want to talk about. We're going to talk about their mice. They're going to basically kind of give the spiel about all of their stuff. And, of course, we have Q&A sections with that. Maybe more importantly, 
maybe more importantly, is they're coming with uh, arms full of crap to hand out. Uh, if you look at this prize list, we have a GTX 980SC, a GTX 970SC ACX 2.0, an X99 Classified, FTW, and SLI motherboard, a Supernova 750-watt power supply, and four Torque mice. That um, sucks. It's a lot of stuff. All you have to do is be there on the live stream, and we will tell you how you can win. I can. Josh, you cannot win, but other people who watch the live stream can win. And that one is um, September 26th, Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So there's an hour time difference between them, so make, no, make note of that. And be sure you sign up for our subscription list at pcpro.com slash subscribe, and I'll be sure to send out an email a couple of hours before each of those events because you don't want to uh, you don't miss out on that, right? So um, I'm pretty excited. I think, I think they'll both be cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to it keeps us busy for the rest of the week we just had to kind of clean and reorganize a bunch of stuff in here to prepare for all the stuff um and we were actually at one point we were trying to get uh tom and jacob at the same time like maybe do one in the morning one in the afternoon and do like a cross collab thing Uh, and it really came down to i don't I can never predict exactly what Tom's going to do or say. There's no telling. But I know how I react to it. I'm not exactly sure how Jacob react to it, and I worried that he might be caught off guard. What uh, is this and, thing you put before me? And Tom, Tom may just like get under, just like totally frazzle him or something like that. So, that would not be the first time we've ever done that to a guest, now, would it? No. No, it would not. You've got to break him They'll in. They'll throw properly. beer at him and make him play Jenga. It'll be horrific. <laughs> we'll just set it up on this table, yeah. and we'll live stream that uh, Thursday night after the live streams and everything are done. So uh, that is the preview of what is to come this week. Let's talk about what, uh, you know, Christmas past, uh, if you will, about what has already happened in the last seven days. Let's start with the big guy, I guess, uh, the release of the GTX 980 and 970 graphics cards. I guess that, that happened uh, the day after our podcast recording. So this is the Maxwell video cards that we were all waiting for. Uh, GM204 was the code name. Uh, <clears throat> general specs, I guess. I don't even know where to start. I, do like, you? yeah, there's like so much, <laughs> there's so much crap. So, like this, this table here. So, first, the GTX 980, Nvidia continues to compare to the GTX 680 in all of their kind of documentation, right? And they do that because, and, and it, it sounds odd because, hey, there was a 780. And yep, there was other stuff. The in 880 there. never really happened in the desktop form. Yeah. Um, well, the reason they're doing that is because the GTX 680 was a GK104 part. Okay. The 04 being the designator of where it sits in the family of parts, right? GK110 was the big guy, GTX right. 780 Ti and Titan and all that. 104 kind of puts it in a specific so category so of code GPU. Code number aside, is there some particular spec that lines up between the 680 and the 980? Number of somethings? Uh, no, it is more about what, what you can do is you can kind of guess that there will be a GM210 oh. chip that would be bigger, GM207 chip that will be smaller. Okay. Right? Uh, and you're kind of just insinuating that. And the fact that they are comparing the 980 to the 680 kind of confirms that would eventually sure. be the case, right? So might be an unfair comparison to the 680 because that's I mean, kind of, it is, it's right? Two jumps, well, right? why would you compare it to something that is not invented yet or has uh, not been well, detailed? Well, no. An I, unreleased product. Well, I would think, I think what most people expected to see was 980 versus 780. Right. That's what I right? mean. Right, because that's the most recent 
80 class part or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, but this is so much smaller than a 780. Correct. A 780 is what, almost 600 millimeter square? Yeah. This is Huge. something like 358? 398. Okay. 398. So, Still, no. that's that's two hundred millimeter square difference. Yes. So it is a much smaller chip, and no, well, it's not a smaller chip than a seven eighty, but it's bigger than the seven seventy. Oh, yeah, which AKA was also a six eighty. Okay, yeah. So, what's if you look at that table, then what you're getting is they have increased CUDA core count from fifteen hundred to two thousand. Essentially, uh, they've increased clock speeds by over hundred megahertz. They've increased uh, boost clocks by over one hundred and fifty megahertz. They uh, increased theoretical uh, floating point performance uh, to uh, from three gigaflops to four point six gigaflops. Like that's, huge jump that's there. That's a big jump. Yeah. Um, uh, texture fill rate is up a little bit. Memory upgrade a little bit. Memory bandwidth up just a tiny bit, actually. But again, this is all comparing it to a six eighty. Correct. Right. Okay. And. Uh, TDP goes down 30 watts from 195 to 165. It is a bigger chip, 5.2 billion transistors instead of 3.5. Okay. But if you compare it, so I will compare the 980 to the 780 and say that the the 780 is a 6. Point something, is it 7.1 billion transistor chip, I think. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, what about the speeds, basically, is what I'm looking for. Right. Like, so what, what, what's interesting is even though they compare it to... Um, the perform the, like the compare it to a 680 like right. it's way faster than a 680. Yeah, the GTX 980 is actually faster than the 780 and the 780Ti, okay, which is that's more something. which is more impressive because the 780Ti is a much bigger chip. Um, it is a much higher TDP part. It's a 250 watt TDP instead of a 165 watt TDP. Wow! Right? Okay. Um, it's it's a dramatic difference in, in what you get there. Uh. Well, I'll kind of leave the, the Maxwell feature set changes for you guys to go back and look at the review. MFAA, which actually stands for multi-frame anti-aliasing, mm. not mother-effing anti-aliasing. I much uh, prefer that one. I would. That's yeah. literally the first thing that crossed my mind when they showed it up on a slide. I was like, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. And totally got to call and, it that. And at least, you know, Jonah, one of the architects, was like, you know, it never crossed our mind. It's like, you are lying. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Somebody had to be that like. you don't, yeah. <laughs> Uh, dynamic super resolution allows you to run, render games at 4K and downscale them to 1080p that or 1080p like. monitor. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we will definitely talk about that uh, during the live stream with Tom tomorrow. And that actually, we showed some. Uh, you showed some side by side compare. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and bring that up here too. Yeah, that's that's one we actually took some screenshots and did some. It'll be hard to see on the live stream because we're compressing everything again. Yeah, but we went through all the different modes and like. Just that example, which is just a tree, like different branches in and Skyrim, leaves of a yeah. tree in Skyrim. Uh, they just seem way more defined than any of the, like, AA modes, basically. Like, any of those kind of blur. The MSAA stuff. Any of the yeah. MSAA stuff, right? But the the DSR, it just seems more well-defined. It basically is doing exactly the same thing that you would be doing if you were on a 4K panel. Right. Right. Well, it's essentially a... Super sample anti-aliasing, right, Josh? It, it's 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 similar to that, right? The but the the difference in a super sample is that it it's it's rendering at 1080p and then it is upscaling and then well, re-downscaling. Super sample, no, super sample. I think is actually rendering at the higher. But what it does is it does a a, I guess for lack of a better word, a real simple dithering. So it it combines four pixels into one. Yeah. And so it's not as 
Well, and it's also going to be you know, effectively in a grid array. Right. So it, it's going to have some artifacts. It's not going to look as good. It's going to be able to uh, anti-alias uh, some textures as well as, as alpha textures. But uh, you're still going to have some issues. Now with the DSR... There, there are still a there lot are, different things. Yeah, everything is completely different. I mean, there are still. Well, no, some... there's. It's not completely different. I mean, you still render it four times, but you've got like this. What twelve? It's a thirteen. Sample. It's a thirteen sample Gaussian filter back yeah. down. Actually, this screenshot shows it uh, a little bit better because it's, it's a static thing, right? If you this is in Dark Souls two, I think. Um, left side being 1080p with uh, anti-aliasing on, yep. and the, the right side being uh, DSR dynamic super resolution. So it's basically. You, if you look at the leaves of grass, right? You, you, it's it's rendered and then downsampled, and yeah. and because the, and, and it's not going to be what, perfect what, for what, every game. Would be proud. The difference is yeah. how far back into the engine you're going, right? Like with DSR, the game sees 4K resolution as the resolution you're right. running at. Yeah, when like you when go, you go into the settings, yeah, it you actually settings, shows up as 3840 by 2860. Yeah, you're at, even though you're not on a 4K panel, mm -hmm. that's the resolution that the game thinks you're at, which might make some things more of an issue, like some, uh, you know. Uh, heads-up display type stuff might be kind of tiny, mm -hmm. right? Because it, it thinks that you have, yep. you know, twice yep. the resolution yep. or four times. So the it's resolution. not it's not a perfect fix because of some of the things like yeah. that. But I think, but it's very cool when it works. It, when, it, when it does work, and like I, Skyrim was just the first thing that came to mind, right? Because what you want to use this for, so from Nvidia's point of view, is they're like, hey, we built this brand new GTX 980, yeah, uh, and it has all this horsepower, but so many people are still in 1080p displays. What do you do? What do they it? do with all that horsepower? Right, yeah. you're trying it's to so powerful. It's kind of ridiculous. They're trying to, to give people reasons. Effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to give people reasons to upgrade. Yeah. Even if they still have a 1080p. So it's like, okay, now you render it at 4K in games where you have all kinds of GPU headroom, like Skyrim or Dark Souls 2, but you're using that horsepower towards a you know, mm -hmm. specific goal now. It, it's pretty cool. I just, I just like the fact that DSR, in my mind, it kind of gives you a better end result than any of the... FSAA, any of that. Like, yeah, like I think the one screenshot in our rotation here that is close is 4X MSAA plus SSAA. Yeah. Or like plus you have to, FXAA. You have to as really well. stack all that stuff on yeah. to get the equivalent effect. And really, all, and that's, and the DSR is like with nothing on. It's just like DSR, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It with, is with, only DSR, no, no anti aliasing. No and, and the fact that you're doing that, rendering everything at four times the pixels and then filtering it down it yeah. kind of it kind of checks all those boxes for you automatically right yep. just the end result is that you have anti-aliased the whole scene not just like certain textures and some things might still have a sharp edge to them and yep you know it just kind of gets the whole the whole frame at once right and at a lesser penalty than turning everything on it seems so seeing. yeah it seems to be i'm sure that will differ yeah. game to game of yeah. course um and and you know if you wanted to get even Better if you have more headroom, you could enable 4x MSAA with 4K rendering and go that way, right? That's going to be harder on your GPU yep. for sure. And then but in did, theory, it'd be even better. Did we figure out like what happens if you don't just have a 1080p display? What if you have like a 2560? It will do it, mm -hmm. but you get some, some funky resolutions because it's basically doing multiples: 1.5, 2x, 4x. So it will still go all the way up to 4x. I believe so. What's interesting yeah, from what I saw or heard is that uh, yeah. Go ahead, Josh, if you've got less than a 1080p resolution, say you've got some older, um, you know, 1680 by 1050 yep. or yeah, whatever, it's going to do the, you know, the 
the double width, double height on that. So it's yep. going to be a yeah. thir- 3420. Or- in, the, in the control panel, it just shows up as 4X. 4X. Like, like you have to enable each multiplier to show up. Like if you enable all of them and you go into Skyrim, the drop down box, it's going to be huge. And it's going to be all these weird resolutions like 2717 by 1922. And you're like, what the hell resolution is that? Like I don't understand all so this. So just pick one. Yeah. So like 4X. That's it. Um, let's look at the cards real quick. The GTX 980, we got reference cards, and um, they look pretty much identical to what the 780 Ti and the Titan Black and you know the 780s looked like in terms of you know design and cooler. It is a heat pipe-based cooler, not a um, vapor chamber-based cooler. So it's a little bit less efficient of a cooler. The fan will spin a little bit faster and be a little bit louder on this than it was on the 780 Ti, for example. Yep. Um, but that really only comes to play when you're doing overclocking because the GPU is so power efficient at its stock Right, settings. that's the thing. You don't really need to... I do like uh, the new backplane here as well. Um, and you notice this little uh, kind of notched pop out, out section. Yeah, it's pop and out. Uh, that actually comes out here. If you've got cards that are side-by-side uh, in SLI, that allows more airflow to come in that yep. way, which is Between actually it's just like a really good idea, right? We saw that even with cars without the backplane uh, had those problems. Notice uh, only two six-pin power connections. That That's again cool. kind of talks about the power efficiency of the GPU. Display output has changed drastically, um, as we requested on our uh, three-way. They did it for G-Sync. us. Yeah, of course. Yes, uh, as requested in our three-way G-Sync discussion, there are three DisplayPort. Full-size DisplayPort connections here, an HDMI 2.0 mm-hmm. connection, and a dual-link DVI. I don't understand why their HDMI port is kind of shoved in the middle of those three DisplayPort connections. I don't know either. There must be something about connector width or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, we'll ask Tom when he gets here. I'm sure he won't have a real answer. Um, but I just want to hear his answer. Yeah. I just, it, it, it lost at Rochambeau. And it got stuck in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 970, we didn't get any reference cards for this. The 970 uh, drops down from 2048 CUDA cores to 1664. Clock speed's a little bit lower. You still get 4 gigs of memory on both cards. It is a 256-bit memory bus, which some people were you know, hesitant about. But we it's saw a no, smaller bus than the... Yeah, because the old yeah. 780 and 780i were 384. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, you know, performance metrics show that it's not a bottleneck. Um, uh, with the architecture they built. We had an EVGA uh, ACX2 cooler uh, base card that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about with Jacob here. Um, still two six-pin power connectors. It has the the previous DisplayPort display output configuration with two DVIs, an HDMI, and a DisplayPort. It's kind of weird. So, I mean, this pr- the price point of this card is 329 well, the MSRP, like the base reference, yes. is three twenty nine, and I guess the argument is if you're going to run triple G Sync monitors, you're, you're probably, probably going to buy nine eighties. Yeah, right. You're probably going to have to have two of those at least. Yeah, and if you get the nine seventy, uh, you probably have an older pair of uh, DVI panels. I, that's that's more likely the case. Like, and that's yeah. the argument that these uh, board partners are going to use for that. I'm sure. We also got in the MSI uh, Gaming Edition. Which is uh, Nvidia Red and Black. Oh wait, no, uh, it's in a size gaming. Mm, gaming color. Red and Black. Yeah, uh, looks like an interesting heat pipe design as well. This actually has a six-pin and an eight-pin power connection. So I'm, I'm curious once we once I get to spend more time with them uh, if overclocking is affected. So hmm. all that kind of being said, and again, there's way more details on the architecture and what the specific spec and feature changes are in the story. Um, let's look at. A benchmark page, Battlefield yep. Four. It's a it's a it's a good kind of uh, starting point here. Um, 
the the GTX 980. Here's here's how you look at this graph here while I describe the the the, the, the GTX 980 is almost always faster than the GTX 780 Ti and the AMD Radeon R9 290X. Okay. Okay. Not always. Sometimes it's tied or so. It's but it's usually, usually a little bit faster. Not okay. a whole bunch. Not a, dra- not a dramatic amount. Just to, even if like, it's equal, that's significant. If you have right? a 780 Ti, no reason to buy a 980, in my opinion. Right? There's no reason to go up that upgrade. Yeah. Right? Because you've already got a, a capable card. Now, at 4K, that stays uh, pretty much the same. Um, because now this card has a 4 gigabyte frame buffer instead of 3. That yep. was kind of one major spec fallback that I had to the 290X. Not an issue anymore. Um, no problems with, with any of that. So like you can kind of see here, these are low frame rates because we have all the settings jacked up. Yep. Uh, but the 980 was pulling about 29 frames per second on average, while the 780 Ti and the 290X were about 25 and a half to 26. Okay. Right. So a little bit faster, not significantly so most of the time. I think the most we saw was like, 15%. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about, we're going to go to the performance before I hit pricing and power. Now, the 970. GTX 970. Yeah, where's that? The sitting? lower cost card. Competes against the uh, Radeon R9 290 mm-hmm. and NVIDIA's own GTX 780. Sure. Now, in this instance, uh, I would say that the GTX 970 is usually about the same performance as the 290 and the GTX 780, and sometimes a little bit faster. It is. Faster than those two cards, but by less amount in my testing. Sure. Okay. So it's still better than those two direct competitors, but by maybe a slightly lower amount. So now we have 980 better than its direct competitors and 970 doing the same thing. Right. So now uh, I'm going to skip all the other benchmarks because I want to jump right to uh, power. Yep. Okay. And here's why that's interesting. We'll talk about overclocking a little bit too. Uh, The 980 uses um, 130 watts less power than the Radeon R9 290X. Holy crap. To, to do that. And it uses 80 watts or so, 85 watts less power than the GTX 780 Ti. That's also significant. To do essentially the same work, maybe, the same a li- maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. That is significant. Yeah, it is. That's that's a huge amount, uh, and I think it was Alan that pointed out that's like that's kind of almost being able to get two 980s in the same power envelope as a single 290x. It's not quite. It's like 30 watts off, probably. Right. But it's in that discussion. But it's almost like power wise, it's almost free SLI mm-hmm. capability. Keep in mind, this right. is still in 28 nanometer process technology. Yeah. Um, it is essentially still a very similar architecture what they did with Kepler with a lot right. of modifications focused on power efficiency. Uh, the the GTX 970 is uh, 80 watts less than the R9 290 and 55 watts less than GTX 780. Okay. So still very significant power differences. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably just it's a smaller power envelope in the first place. Yeah. Proportionally, it's still doing the same thing. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So and actually, if you look at our SLI graph here, the 980 SLI actually did draw less power than the single R9 290X. In, so there you go. In this test, and this All was right. in Metro, right? And you look now. Look, now look at the difference: six hundred sixty-eight watts for two two ninety Xs, three hundred ninety-two watts for two nine eighties. Yeah, but you know what? It's cold in Wyoming in the winter, <laughs> so you would rather see that six sixty-eight. Is what you're saying? Sure, I could play games and heat the house. All right, so we got the power thing. We got the speed thing down and the power thing down. What about like overclocking? Like, can you? 
can you overclock well, these? Let me do pricing before we do overclocking. Oh, overclocking okay. is added extra. All so right, right. at five hundred and fifty dollars MSRP, that's a GTX nine eighty. Yep. Um, that compares to the uh, uh, where we at here. The two ninety X is about four seventy nine to four ninety nine. So okay. it's actually fifty bucks less. Okay. And the 780 Ti was 629, but that's going to come. That's going to happen. That's, that's going to come Do way something. down. They're going to end of life those parts eventually, yeah. not too distant future, right? So the 980 is a good part for its price. Yep. But AMD still has the advantage in terms of raw performance per dollar. I okay. Think. Okay. If you care about power draw, you you would you know the 980 is more important. Uh, if you want only best performance, the 980 is the you know is going to win that. Sure. But if you want performance per dollar, the 290X is probably still the better option there. Now the GTX 970 is 329 bucks, and that compares to the 290 that's about 60 dollars more, and the 780 that was like 150 dollars more. Right. So that's going to come way down to be competitive there. So the 970 to me is the part that stands out the most as NVIDIA being really aggressive on pricing. Mm -hmm. I was actually hoping that this 549 was going to be 499. Yeah, Um, me too. But it's not, it doesn't totally surprise me, but the 329 kind of did. I expected that to be in the 399 range. I expected, I actually thought it would be 399, 499, and it turned to be 329, 549, so I was wrong on both. Yeah. and well, why do we so even pay you money? I don't do you, wait, you pay me money? No. How about attention? I pay you attention. Okay, all right, all right. Um so it's good that the what you would argue is the budget card is definitely budget. Right? Yeah, I mean it's, it's even more so. It's of pretty budget. it's 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 incredibly impressive what they've done. I'm really curious to see what AMD does in terms of pricing adjustments. Yeah. Because they are they are used to being the performance per dollar leader. That's their selling point, right? Yep. That's their primary selling point is we give you the most performance per dollar. And that's not the case. There's other the... stuff here. Um, they can't claim that anymore with the 970 in the market. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll be curious what they do. Uh, as far as overclocking, I'll mention real quick because we've been on this for too long. The uh, I was able to get almost 1,500 megahertz out of these parts. Which has a base clock of what? Uh, 1126, 1116. So that's like a 30-something like yeah, percent overclock. Like, that's significant. The yellow line right. is my overclock settings. Uh, that we averaged fourteen eighty three overclock. Uh, the base was twelve ten. Yeah, like stock, not base, but that stock. Se- that seems like a higher percentage that, than you could get out of prior mm-hmm. cards. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty impressive. Like I, I need, we need to spend more time with it. Yeah, um, and that yeah. was and that was on the stock cooler too. That was that was on the reference kinda, cooler. That yeah. was on anybody's aftermarket stuff. Yep. So, um, two gigahertz on water. Yeah, two gigahertz Ken wants to hit. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's GTX 980, There's a whole lot more, you know, benchmarks and details and stuff in that article. Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> well, I don't have a question, but can I have a... You may have a minute. Sure. train of thought. Yep. You know, some years ago, 2004, and I, I'm not trying to toot my own trumpet here, you but I talked little. about an article called Slowing Down the Process uh, Migration that, that dealt with the guys in the graphics and the CPU no longer had the gravy train of saying, hey, you know what? We've got 18 months, and we're going to have a new process technology available to us. And we have this easy way of creating new products and more differentiation and just getting out faster and faster things. And we hit the wall with 28 nanometer. I mean, it's been three years since this product really first debuted. 
and we've had very little change whatsoever. Now, NVIDIA has gone ahead, and in my article, I mean, what I talked about was not anything that was groundbreaking. Everybody knew that this was going to happen, but I just tried to express my thoughts about what companies had to do to get around this. And essentially, it all boiled down to you had to do more with fewer transistors. You had to be a little bit more flexible in what your units could do. And not only that, and I didn't cover this at the time, but we've seen what NVIDIA has been able to do, especially with power consumption. I mean, this is huge. I mean, this this product is bigger in terms of die size. Mm -hmm. It's faster in terms of clock speed, but it's still significantly lower in TDP using the same exact process as the GTX 680. And something that nobody has really talked about, and I think NVIDIA has mentioned it a little, but the cross-pollination of what they have done with Tegra and the power savings that they have been able to, you know, see what ARM does, see what their engineers have, have kind of put into some of their secret sauce uh, to make their products a little bit better, or at least try to be a little bit better than the competition, They've dragged that technology over into the GPU, and it has finally, finally reaped some advantages for them. Yeah. I mean, how often have we talked about Tegra being just a drain on the company? But they've kept with it, and we're finally starting to see yeah. some real advances. Jonah, uh, when I was talking with him at this event, very specifically said that stuff they learned building Tegra K1 is what allowed them to figure out what to do on Maxwell, which will then go into Tegra M1 or whatever they call that part, right? Which will then feed into the next part. Uh, so even if, um, you know, their, their SOC line is, is continues to have issues, I think that they're seeing the value of the R&D on both sides right now. Neat stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move along. Uh, check out that review. And, of course, we'll have that live stream with uh, Tom on Thursday and live stream with EBGA on Friday that you should check out. Uh, not going to talk on this. Mori posted a review of the Noctua NHD15 CPU cooler. Uh, Mori likes large heat sinks, and he cannot lie. And he will not lie. Yeah. That is – wow. You other uh, PC builders can't deny that – when you see the tan lines of these fans, you get sprung. Um, <laughs> I didn't really go in line with the song anymore. So. No, I, you you could have done a lot better. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll see heat sink we'll in your face. So let me let me show you one picture of it installed um, because is that like that V twin cooler? Like uh, remember that? Oh yeah! Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It'll break the damn socket off. What size are those fans? Uh, See, look, it's got an itty bitty waist. They're one forty mil. That is quite possible. That is bigger than the last. Wow. See, look, okay. and he had to raise it above the memory module. Yeah, you had to move the fan. Yeah. I'm glad that's an option. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> it has to be. Look at that. <laughs> it's hard to get mad at a motherboard vendor if spacing is an issue <laughs> when you have a uh, just get low profile memory. Oh, besides, like the motherboard that. is already in shock. Going, oh, that's way too big. It's never going to fit. <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah, that's amazingly both. large. Weird. I remember assembling a system for someone with that V-twin, whatever, that one. I forget who made it. Thermaltake. Yeah, Thermaltake yeah. V-twin core. And to assemble it, you had to have the core upside down on a table, and then you flip the motherboard upside down, 
and put it on it and like do the whole Look at the screw picture. thing. And then when you went to pick it back up, you'd grab the cooler. The motherboard just kind of was along for the ride. This is a full-size GTX 780 video. <laughs> <laughs> on the left-hand it's side. It's not by that the much way. longer. <laughs> it's it's half the motherboard. It is. It is half. How the many grams is that damn thing? It's a kilo without fans. Thirteen twenty. He's got that on there. Let's see. That is amazing. It's ninety-nine dollars. Really? Does it come with like bracing for the? See, this is how this, Mori. This is what it comes. Yeah. With. This is how Mori cracks dies. Ah. Nah, this he takes easy. the heat spreader off, and then he connects this to the motherboard. How much did you say it weighed? Uh, uh, it's a kilo without the fans, 1320 width. Ooh. All right. So if you want to see giant, uh, giant heat sinks and stuff, check out that review. But we need to, we need to move along. Yeah. But that's impressive. Um, yeah, Mr. Uh, policeman, I got a key in the back of my case. <laughs> <laughs> it's the good stuff. I'll get it. Refined. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm screwing up the uh, thing here on the side, but it's, we're totally caught up now. Uh, another article that I just published up, and I think a lot of people have been waiting to hear about this, is the Acer XB280HK. Yep. Which is a great model number. I don't know. It's, a, it's the 28-inch 4K G-Sync monitor. Yep. 4K so G-Sync, baby. This is the 4K G-Sync display. Uh, it is this one right here. Um, so essentially, now I'm not going to talk about G, not, not going to talk about the technology G Sync at this point. If you don't know what it is, you should just look it up. We have lots of stories on it. Yes, uh, this is essentially, I think, the same panel that we have seen on the ASUS PB287Q, which was the $650 4K monitor. Yep, and the Samsung U28D590D, which is uh, also a low-cost 599 or so uh, 4K panel. And it's, it's essentially the same quality. It's a TN panel. Yeah. Um, viewing angles are okay from the left and the right and the top, bad from the bottom. Uh, you're talking about a 1,000-to-1 contrast ratio, yeah. one millisecond grade-to-grade response times. Very, very similar specifications. I'm, I'm not positive. I, I'm almost sure it's the exact same. It looks like the same piece of glass. 28-inch, yeah. whatever. Right, but obviously the benefit here is that this time you get G-Sync. Technology mm-hmm. added into it. So let me go. Uh, and an annoyingly here. shiny bezel. Yeah, it is a shiny bezel. You can see here in this picture of it, like, it's like some of the glare up top. It's like black gloss. It's piano black. It's, yeah. Um, the, the, does the base glow? It does not. So oh. it, it looks very similar, right? It's got that red ring around the bottom. It, yeah. But the Asus one had LED lights in it. This, yep. this monitor is much more uh, vanilla looking in terms of its style and design, right? It's, yep. you look at the back. It's, it's kind of plain, but that's fine. Nobody cares about what the back of your monitor looks like for the most part. Uh, you know, standard button array. You've got a, another high-gloss base surface. This red ring adds a little bit of touch to it, but nothing dramatic. But if you look at the side of it, it's a fairly – it's a monitor. Yep. Right. But that's fine. Most people don't really care what it looks like. It's got height adjustment. You can see uh, down to there. It's got some pretty pretty good angle to it. It's got USB hub, uh, four port USB 3.0 hub in it. You can run it in portrait. I probably wouldn't recommend it because mm-hmm. you get that bottom viewing angle. It is now your left to right viewing angle. Yeah. One eye will get a darker picture. Yeah. Yeah. Only has a Display Port connection. As with all current G-Sync monitors, you get one Display Input yep. option. That's expected. Uh, you get a power port. Oh, so the brick is inside. The brick is Ooh. inside. All right. That's a plus. I think that's a plus. Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. And there's your USB uh, thing there. Now, uh, G-Sync setup is the exact same as the ROG Swift. You enable this option in the control panel, and you set the 
you know, VSync options to G-Sync, yep. and you can go ahead and gaming, uh, or go ahead and start gaming. <laughs> now, the comparison to make is the ROG Swift versus this monitor. You've got a 2560 by 1440 display that it's goes 27, 27 inches, 144 hertz refresh. 144 max, hertz. Yep. Right. This is 3840 by 2160, mm-hmm. 28 inches, uh, 60 hertz maximum refresh. And we had some questions in the comments: Would it run at higher refresh at lower resolutions? The answer is no. It does not do that. Which is a shame. Um, yeah, but... But I don't think it has a scale. That's, I was going to say, yeah, it like, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Right? Um, so if it doesn't have a scale or the amount of bandwidth coming over the wire... So the, d- the is debate is, let, let me just say it this way. G-Sync works perfectly on this monitor. Yep. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, for example, I played Crisis 3 at uh, medium presets, 2x MSAA, uh, and at 4K... And our frame rates range from 40 to 55 mm-hmm. or so, which is the perfect sweet spot for where G-Sync uh, sees the most benefit. Yep. And it turns what would likely be a kind of messy, torn, stuttery experience and makes it a smooth, very playable, even for a first-person shooter, experience. Okay, it does exactly what it's supposed to do there, and yep. it works perfectly. I, I played no, on I it. have no issues with it. In yeah. that configuration, I played on it. Yep. Yeah. So now the debate becomes... If you are looking to buy a G-Sync monitor, do you prefer higher resolution with lower refresh rate with G-Sync or mm-hmm. lower resolution with higher refresh rate with G-Sync? Mm-hmm. And this is obviously a very personal decision because we have different opinions in the office, right? I think... Uh, different opinions. You would rather have the, the Swift with the 144 hertz refresh. I would rather be able to go higher in the refresh rate. And in addition to that, it's probably because I tend to play older games... Yeah. Like, I like to do a lot of retro gaming. And those games, on any kind of, like, especially 980, they're going to go way higher than 60, no matter what you do in the game, right? And my issue is that, uh, you know, and I realize you could just turn VSync off, but then you're getting tearing, and, like, if you do it on the 4K panel, uh, and you want to go higher than 60, you have to disable VSync. Now you just lost all the benefit, whereas Mm -hmm. you might have been able to get away with, uh, you know, G-Sync going on with the ROG Swift. Right, right. You have much higher headroom to do that, and even if it, because uh, it does default to VSync on, if you're using G-Sync and you go above the max refresh rate of the panel, if VSync on at 144 hertz, you don't notice the delay. Like it's right. too fast of a refresh to even really notice, right? So, I don't know. That's just me, but I will say that uh, the the pixels on the 4K panel, like when playing Crisis. It looked really it looks, nice. It looks really good. I, I've seen there's there's comments on a review about oh you know 4K at 28 inches doesn't make any sense, and, sure and they just I don't they don't un, they don't fundamentally understand what the benefit is right like it's it's not you don't want a bigger one so that you see pixels at the same size as you saw them before. Yeah. The idea is that the pixels are smaller and undiscernible. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that, and that actually leads into the other head of my argument for why I would want to do the ROG Swift is. I don't want my pixel pitch to go that tiny on my, like my Windows desktop, for example, just because the Windows scaling stuff isn't really... It's know, better. It's not perfect. It's getting it's better. better, but it's not... Just, a lot of applications don't don't yeah. adhere to the Windows rendering engine, so stuff like Steam still kind of looks yeah. bad. So I, I just, that, will, that will be fixed in time. Sure, it will Windows be, but, 9, I'm sure it'll be perfect. But they've been saying that... Why for, not? Like, it was supposed to be fixed in Windows 7. So like Nobody had 4K you know, monitors in Windows yeah, 7. Yeah, I know, I know. Right. The first time I even really heard them address it was, was Windows 8.1. Yeah. But so I would just use the Swift because it's more of a standard pixel pitch dot pitch. I just 
don't have to worry about it then, right? You just yeah, set everything I mean, I 100%. Guess. It's, it's, it you, say, you say it's standard, but there are plenty of 27-inch 1080p monitors. And those are way too big pixels. Is that not that for means? my parents. Well, well not, yeah, not for true. people like yeah, people that need bigger I mean, pixels. Sure. I know, I know, Josh and Jeremy, you don't have the benefit of having been here to see the two monitors, but like in general, what what is your thought process on like those two options? Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I think you should ship some out to us so that we can make an informed <laughs> decision. But that seems the only reasonable answer. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll do that. But yeah. what would you say your opinion would be this week, though? Well, it's just hard to say, having never actually yeah. seen it visually. Like, I, I want to side more towards Alan just for the fact that, yes, the, the higher refresh rate overall is probably going to be more beneficial. Um, and again, especially with the type of games that I'm playing where it's, you know, it's going to be going at way above 60 frames a second. But, as I said, I'd, I'd like to try them both and yep. see which one's better. All right, okay. Josh? Josh? Uh, you know what? I think the 14.4 is really the perfect balance of speed, density, and quality for the vast majority of games. I mean, you get the higher refresh rate. You still get, uh, you know, plenty of resolution. I mean, I'm, I'm running uh, 1920 by 1200 monitors in front of me now so going up to a 1440 is it would be an upgrade for me and uh getting 144 hertz and plus g-sync functionality that at least won't stress out your video card enough that you're going to be dropping into a lot lower rates with uh you know the majority of of uh you know, older titles and, and some of the mainstream titles that uh, do not require a whole lot of GPU power to run nicely. Uh, certainly things like Grid 2 or Grid Auto yeah. Sport. That's, that's, that's another thing I guess I should point out is if you go the route of the 4K monitor, you are going to need more GPU horsepower yeah. to get to that 40 to 60 frame per second mark than you would with a 25 by 14 monitor, mm-hmm. regardless of what the max refresh rate is. Yeah. Right? So, you know... So while the panels it, are similar in cost between the two, they're not actually similar. There's in cost. exactly the same in cost for the panel, seven ninety nine, yeah. which I hadn't mentioned yet. But you you should have, in my opinion, at least a single like nine eighty card yeah. to play on a four K, and probably maybe two nine seventies or two nine eighties. Right, we had two nine eighties, two nine eighties in SLI Crisis with decent settings, like medium settings, yeah. was like 40 to 50 frames yeah. per second. And Crisis 3 is the worst-case scenario, but it, it yeah. gives you an idea of what to kind of maybe expect moving forward. Um, so you would need more GPU horsepower to get that done. That's that's definitely f- uh, for sure. Um, I mean, it's more display than someone that was running triple 1080p panels. It's still more pixels it's than four that. It's 1080p yeah, panels. Yeah, it's, it's actually exact. 4 1080p <laughs> panels, right? So if you, there's your comparison, right? If you were running triple displays before... It's more. It's this is one panel, and it's more thirty three percent more than that. It's another yeah. panel more, uh, you know, pixels. Uh, yeah. So it, it's it's a very interesting debate. Uh, check out the review. Leave your comments on there. I've been kind of reading them and, and replying to them as I can. Uh, this monitor will be available sometime in early to mid October. Yep. Seven ninety nine. Very curious to see how all that works out. I like it, especially. I think if you uh, are doing a, a significant amount of productivity, mm-hmm. where you can take advantage of the extra. Uh, screen real estate or DPI or whatever. Along the lines of the... That might sway you. Along the lines of productivity, the only thing I kind of miss about these is that they're not 16 by 10. Yeah, that's done. 
That's yeah, how I, feel I wish it wasn't done. It's done. It's done. I'm, I, I read a page. The page is vertical. Well, then put it in portrait mode and move on. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got another story to talk about. Another one um, that is rather important. Samsung 840, 840 Evo, TLC flash, read speed degradation. Uh, how bad is it? So, get, get, to, Can you... I'm going to interrupt here because Uh-oh. this is my OS drive. Yep. Do you know how unhappy I am? I, you, there's a lot of people that are unhappy. And not only that, but I have actually noticed in the last six months that it has gone down in speed. Right. So here's the deal. Is that you sure it's not all the porn bars you have in your browser, though? I'm pretty good at cleaning those off. <laughs> so here's the thing. If... So say Josh, we might, we're just going to use Josh for this example because okay. we Let can us use porn. Use Josh. So everybody uh, else does. So say Josh downloaded some porn six months ago, like two hundred. Why gigs six of it? months ago? Gigs How about three it? days? Good lord! No, no, no! Get no, realistic. To, to give it no. time to get old and crusty. Say it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Wow. All Maybe right. I shouldn't use that I'm example. Stop now. All right. So let's reset this one. Um, so uh, an eight sixty. Standard model, not the Pro. 840. Or, sorry, 840. 840. Now I'm just Leaks. making my own cards. Yeah, <laughs> Confirmed. Making my own SSDs. Um, yeah, an 840 do you standard like, model. Read, like, do the example of what this graph. Uh, the, hold on, hold on. 840 it's, standard it's or an 840 Evo. Those are the two different that use Samsung TLC flash. SSDs that use TLC Flash. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have some files, actually there is a graph. Don't. There's one. This one you want to show? There's probably a better one. Keep going. Next page. There you go. He'll get there eventually. So, uh, basically, your This is the only other picture. That's the good one. That's that's too complicated to look at. Let's look at the first one first. Okay, fine. Trust me. All right, so people were complaining about slow read speeds. We had a sample that just happened to have an image file stored on it since Christmas. So, I pulled out that drive just to kind of answer all the questions I was having just reading all these forum threads from random people saying hey this is slower and this isn't so slow and whatever the drive had an eight month old file on it so I tried to read it and the read speed was between 50 and 100 meg per second where it it should be 550. Somewhere around this graphic of about 80 megabytes per second. Right there. So that's what reading that file looked like. Now Uh, this is what it should look like. Uh, yeah, it should read at around 500-ish. What was it in that speed? So are you saying that this file aged like fine wine? Uh, <laughs> Minus the fine part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More like vinegar. Yeah, it aged like vinegar, yeah. Um, so, uh, and it turns out this is a proportional thing over time in reality. So after about four, six weeks-ish. So um, now we can go to the second graph. Yeah, go to that second graph now. Okay. Uh, so this is a test that was uh, created by guys in the Overclock.net forums in a huge thread that's like dozens of pages long um, where people were talking about this and then somebody said, well, I'll make a tool. And so this guy made a tool. So this graph I'm looking at, the bottom axis is... The axis is period of weeks. Weeks since written? Uh, like last accessed time. Since last accessed, okay. Yeah, or last modified, or last modified. Yeah, because reading wouldn't fix it. it has yeah, to be re- reading doesn't change okay. this. Okay. And then um, the uh, the uh, vertical axis here, the, the, the y axis, is actual performance. Okay. Yep. So this tool just goes through every file on the hard drive, or on the SSD, or on whatever the you point it to, and it tries to read them front to back, 
each file individually, checks the stamp, sees how old it is, and then it plots it on this graph. So as you can see, there's a pretty clear taper, you know, kind of a downward trend there up until about like 40 weeks or so. I like this one down here. And then after around 40 weeks, everything tends to be going like 50 to 100 meg per second. So that's kind of like the freshness of a prostitute in New York. After four uh, weeks, you should turn it back in and get a yeah. new one. Yep. Yeah. The bits get... So as it turns out from what we've tested here, and this is all really kind of working theory, but um, the controller in those SSDs can only correct, do a error detection and correction at that rate, at between 50 and 100 meg per second. And I say a range because the range actually turns out it's determined also by temperature. So like if the drive is sitting in a case that might be a little warmer, you're probably going to be uh, reading more towards 50 meg per second because the CPU actually does thermal throttling, and the SOC on the the CPU SSD. meaning the yeah it, it is a CPU but it's the right, controller right. But I'm just trying to make sure yeah we differentiate but it. just like mint every other kind of CPU lately it has some form of thermal throttling sure right um, so this it, like this graph we're looking at demonstrates that how yeah and so we page. actually did that that test too um, we tried to read that same large file which is the first like 450 gig or so on that on that graph there. Uh, so for the first half of that test, I uh, had that SSD sitting about 20 degrees warmer than just regular room temperature, just out in open air with the fan blowing across it. So I kind of on purpose made it like a simulated environment of a warmer case. You know, like it's sitting not in direct airflow somewhere in your case with, you know, maybe next to a hard drive or something kind of mm -hmm. warming it up a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So for the first half of that graph, the read speed was right around 50 meg per second. Do, 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 do. And then right at the halfway point, I took it, took that SSD while the test was still running and just put it under direct airflow to cool it back down. And as you can see, as the, everything cools back off, speed goes back up. Uh, and you can <laughs> even tell... Funny joke. Yeah. That's whacked. And you can even tell <laughs> if you look at the beginning of that test, it actually started out a little bit fast, right? And then it pretty quickly kind of tapered off. So you're hmm. figuring just maybe <laughs> the... The controller itself just took some time to, you know, just thermal mass of the controller had to warm up a little bit. Like, this is not So normal. this SSD turned into a middle-aged man. Uh, oh, no. No, the, the, the data hit menopause. It was having a hot flash. It needed yeah. to be cooled down. <laughs> so uh, a couple of notes here is that even though there's error correction going on, right, I haven't seen anybody in the, in the forum threads or anybody anywhere really say that there was an error, like mm. that they couldn't get their data back, right? And that's a 460-gig file there that sat for eight months just with n not being touched. I mean, the drive wasn't even plugged into a system. Right. Right. So that's about as stale as you can get for a chunk of data. Um, and that file reads... you put some cheese over it? Did you put it on a cheese board? <laughs> I heard if you uh, spray it with water and put it in the microwave for 20 seconds, yeah, it helps yeah. <laughs> as well. So, so that you know, <laughs> file reads front to back just fine. There's no errors. The issue is just that there is a slowdown, Slow. and this is not... You know, not supposed to be going what, this long. What has uh, Samsung's response been? We're looking into it. You should you should yes. defrag they, your SSD ASAP. No. They had a meeting. Like I, I think they called all their guys in on like a Saturday meeting about this. I think you should. And, and you know, got what, the ball what, rolling. What can and, people do if they are noticing the slowdown? I think we talked about this on the video we did. They could, we did. You could you could run a spin right style defrag thing, but you're using up your write cycles and your life cycles of your flash that way. Yeah, don't the other use way to do it. Don't use if you, if you must use something that does a defrag. God, I hate using this word for an SSD. Uh, but if you must use one, 
you don't want to use something like the Windows defragger or something that like it will do. It will actually fragment the flash, and then you will read slow for a completely different reason because you've done a bunch of very small writes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's but it's going to be faster than the stale. It probably would be faster, yeah. but it's still not going to go really full speed. And actually, those really small writes, more than twice as much flash wear happens because you're doing small writes. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's generally bad. Um, the other way was to, uh, like, like if you had a hundred gigabytes worth of uh, Steam games yeah. that were reading slow. This is what I would do. Copy is, them someplace the, else and then copy them back. This is what I would personally do because we know there's a fix coming. Samsung's promised that there's a fix coming. Sure. Right? Um, so because of that, I would try to wait and just be patient. But if I was playing some particular game that I downloaded from Steam, for example, and that game was going slow because it's been spitting on the SSD for a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just take that game folder, copy it, like make a copy of that folder with, on the same drive. So now you've made a fresh copy and you've written that data out again. And then I would take that copied folder and I would overwrite the original one. The original location. Yeah. So now you've. So forced... Josh, you should do that with your Windows folder. Well, yeah, that's, I'll that's do the that thing. right away. You can't really do that with Windows files. Like, there's <laughs> other things you can't really do that with, right? Um, but if it's something like a game, well, here's the thing though: Windows files generally are active, right? So files, yeah. registry, stuff like that, it's being written to. Hmm. Uh, that's you're not. Yeah, gonna I, have I that heard issue. my System32 folder is actually a virus, so I'm just going to delete you that. Should, yeah, delete you should it. just totally yeah. get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, upgrade to 64-bit. Just rename it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would just just to get by, I would really only do this to the part that you really need to, because a lot of these tools that are out there f- do they don't care. They will rewrite everything that's on the drive, front to back, yeah. which which kills one full drive write worth of life cycle out of the SSD. I, I don't want to just like hit a button and just do that. That's hey, I've only like written one terabyte to my drive, so it, it I got lots of lots, got of, lots time. of terabytes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll touch base on that later on in the episode, but I'm not as scared as I used to be about lo- the life cycles. Yeah. Let's um, anything else final say on that? Was we're just on. we're waiting on yeah. more. There's supposed to be more coming, more news. When, when they more, get us a fix to test, we will install it and run yep. it and see what it does. And I'm sure the internet will let you know because this was the best selling SSD for a long time. We should also point out it doesn't affect the 840 Pro. Correct, because doesn't that's Doesn't affect MLC. the 850 Pro. Also true. Doesn't affect the 830s. Uh, also they didn't correct. have TLC. Yeah. yeah is these there, are any, other, models is there any other TLC. drive that uses TLC in Intel? Is there an Intel drive that uses TLC? There's a, a, what is it, the 335? Do yeah. We, we don't think it's affected, though. We think it's because of its more aggressive. Uh, uh, yes, thank you. Well, this, that's actually a different thing I'm going to do because. Uh, you want to try that, too? Yeah, I'm going to try to read we'll what's on that. We'll check back. We'll check back. All right. Uh, let's get into some of the news, and we'll uh, we'll just go through this real quick. What could go wrong? Um, Josh can go wrong. True. Oh, I'm going to have to give this to somebody else. So uh, we got a free sync update from AMD. They announced, uh, ironic, not really ironically, on the – what day was this? Was the this day. The day of the – Game 24 and was the that or like right before? Was that or the day before? Um, that three display component vendors were going to support FreeSync. Jeremy, do you what? What does that? What does that actually mean for us? Well, uh, to be honest, you don't know what the brand name is going to be on it because when you look at it, MSTAR, Novatech, and Realtek. 
Well, people have probably heard of Realtek. The other two, not so much. But these are the actual designers of the scalar unit inside the monitor that you buy. Hmm. So they're also the three, almost the only three that are doing this on a large scale. So you're going to see it probably on a lot of vendors. And hopefully, you know, they, they keep, they live up to the name and FreeSync will be more or less free. We'll, we'll see. But you're going to see 1080p and 1440p monitors coming out, um, which will wobble around uh, all the way up to Alan's favorite uh, frequency of 144 hertz. Sweet. Or 4Ks at 60 hertz, as is pretty much standard right now for what we're seeing. Yeah. So it's we're, we're going to see something just after Christmas as to who the actual resellers are, the partners that you're going to be able to buy them from. But it's it's really nice to see that everyone is sort of saying, oh, yeah, no, we, we will totally uh, design a scalar unit that uses this and supply them. So I, I think this is a really good news for AMD. The only part that uh, concerns me is that the last paragraph here that Scott wrote uh, that mm. AMD and partners intend to reveal displays via a, quote, media review program in Q1. This is a little later than we expected from Richard Huddy's next month statements, but it's possible that sampling and media review program are two different events. I don't think they are. It, no, no. It's, it's perpetually next month. Yeah. Oh, it's all, yeah. yeah. It's next month. It's two weeks. Next. It'll be next month. When are you going to be done? We two went weeks. through the same bloody thing with G Sync. Oh, so so no, don't worry. It'll be out. It'll it's be true, out. It'll do. be out. Oh, well. So you can this is going to run Duke Nukem. Oh yeah, no. This will this will power Duke Nukem. Yeah, for, exactly. for release next month though. Yeah. Uh, Oculus announces Crescent Bay prototype. Um, nothing super. What? Run down. Oh, run down. Now, now I'm just gonna... need, This is why I need to have this computer sitting here. It hasn't been a problem. It needs to past. sit here. Now I'm just going to so, audibly annoy you. Every I'm so time. focused <laughs> on the news and delivering because they annoy me every time. I understand. Okay, we're going to have a Pavlov response every time we change story. I'm going to do a. a Ding, ding. A beep sound, and Ken's gonna throw you a little Snickers mini bar. Yeah, if you if you guys do, your mouth, ooh, that's a good idea. And you'll change it. Uh, if you like, had like the chime at the end of the PTI when they're done, like they have a buzzer that goes off and stuff. Those yes. will hurt. Uh, Ken's work. got candies. Anyway, uh, Oculus announces Crescent Bay prototype. This is a another revision of the VR headset. What's um, different? I don't know. Audio. Uh, it contains a new display with a higher refresh rate and higher resolution, better optics, 360-degree head tracking, which is new because there's uh, indications yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the dots. Now, it's also uh, lighter. It includes built-in speakers. Cool. Which is so interesting. Do those head tracking dots look added on in paint to you? Oh, yeah. They look added on in paint to me. I think they're just highly reflective. <laughs> yeah, I think they're... <laughs> well, they are that, too. Because well, the ones on the bottom seem more in a shadow. They, so. they look photoshopped. He claims, uh, so uh, the CEO of Oculus claims that this is an increase over DK2 that is equivalent to the increase D- DK2 saw over the original Rift. Really? Already? Yep. Um, that seems pretty quick. Uh, yeah, they're not selling this. Like, they, they're not yet, they're, they haven't announced that they're going to sell it. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, I think they kind of specifically said they weren't going to release it as a dev kit, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I just like that it's lighter because... DK2 seemed kind of front heavy to me still. Well, I mean, it's going to be front heavy because it's on the front of your face. Well, no, because there's like there was stuff in it that they could kind of shift to well, the side. Well, they could just put they a weight buy some on the back of your head. Hang no, no, the back no, no, strap no. to balance it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a polar moment yeah. of inertia thing. They need to put the stuff in the center. I, I think I'm kind of done buying developer kits. <laughs> but there's only going to be one more. Sure. Yeah. sure. Just only one, one more. Sure. 
Uh, I don't kinda... even know that Crescent Bay is going to come out as a dev kit. Yeah, that's no, but this is said... sort of this is pretty much what we're releasing. No, and you get to play with it. They, they said and they're going to break it to you, Ryan. But as much as those dots look painted on, there's a couple of live videos, and yeah, you can see them. Oh. Yeah. that would be a pain in the arse to fake. Yeah, no, it's. It they, they, they said they're going to do one more dev kit be, before consumer. It probably won't be this. It'll be this plus some other stuff. But they said they're going to do one more. As long as the earphones come off, like, and you can use your they, own. I think they said to. they like flip off. Okay. Uh, yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> they uh, said they flipped off, physics? or they flipped off. Well, I didn't use it. Uh, Jeremy, let's talk about that uh, thing you referenced a little bit before. Tech Report's SSD endurance test is down to two. They have now and written... And there were two. How many megabytes of data? How many megabytes Megabytes? Yeah. Megabytes? Yeah. <laughs> Do I really get that, have to Get that calculator. That Do the math. The how many again. megabytes... Uh, because where did that link go? There it is! So when they started this out, they figured this would be over within a year. They were wrong. They're now at 1,500 terabytes of data written. Yep. Which is just why I said before, I'm not that worried about SSD uh, lifespan as I was when it first came out. I mean, sure, there are still concerns. But uh, especially the OneDrive, that, uh, the Corsair Neutron, which essentially just committed suicide in, in the last 100 terabytes. It <laughs> yeah, just, it just, boom, that's it. I'm it fine. Just, I'm fine. I'm fine. Ugh, I'm dead. Yeah. That was, that was kind of concerning to me because it just died and did not go read-only or anything. It just it is not recognizable oh, no, to the system anymore. He didn't yeah. even come out and say, I'm feeling much better. <laughs> yeah, no. No. <laughs> so, that one needs but, to go on the cart. It's dead. So what do you, Alan, what do you make of this kind of conclusionary test now that we have more news like the 840 Evo stuff? Well, realize the 840 Evo thing is completely oh, I know. It's, the it's opposite un, it's, of it's this. It's unrelated right? to this. Yeah. He did test an 840 Evo. Right. But he would never have um, found that issue. Yeah, because he wasn't, he would have had to let it sit through. He was actively writing. Yeah, he was actively writing to, the yeah. whole thing, right? So that, I mean, that tells us that the longevity of those like the ability to rewrite those flash shells over and over and over again is, I mean, it's it's pretty safe to say that, that, you know, most of the estimates or the warranties or whatnot for all these things are still conservative, yeah. right? Like that you're still able to get much more out of it, and which is really funny considering, like, average use is way 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 less than what the warrantied writing is, so. You know, as long as you don't get some other kind of failure, I would think it's just more likely that you're just going to get a logic failure, some kind of chip failure, something in the controller, something in the power circuitry. Something in that is going to go, like, and and not just go prematurely, like, go after you've had the drive for five or ten years, right? Like, And, and as much as we both love this, there's no way you can call this mean time before failure because you tested a drive. No. Yeah. That's this true. is not statistically relevant. That's true. <laughs> but the fact that because he, he's writing the drive front to back, which is in effect a mean as far as all of the flash, right? He is using every cell of the flash, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And if you're able to go through that much of it, like that is a very good demonstration of flash memory. You're not just going to burn out after like a month mm. or two, right? It's no. just not that whole that whole thing you keep seeing people comment and random articles and forum threads and whatnot and oh my hard drive will last way longer than no chances are it's probably not going to now if you have an 840 evo it might read slower than the hard drive um 
but hopefully they're going to fix that. But that's that's just a corner case, right? That's yeah. not you know that's not what every SSD is doing. Yeah. It's a mass-produced corner case. Yes, that's true. Uh, you know, but just on the large, the flash memory is just going to last a long, long time. Yeah. All right. Um, what else is happening? Oh, Corsair unleashed. Well, first of all, they launched a whole new brand, and everybody loves their new logo. I think I read on the internet. Everybody loves their new logo. Okay. Um, I'm having it tattooed right above my buttock. It's too bad. It's too bad Ken can't bring that keyboard over here while it's still running. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah, it would be hard to do it while it's running. Yeah. So, uh, what's the coolest things they announced were they finally came out with their RGB series of keyboards. Um, this is the Cherry Keys that have actual, you know, full color RGB LEDs inside them. Uh, and they're available in K95, K70, K65 styles. Uh, we got the K70 we've been playing around with for a little while. I, I don't think it's actually going like, to... I, I think it's on the device memory. Okay, so now we're going to see if we can demo. Is it really on the ROM? So you I should just be able to plug in both. I should just be able to plug this in. Well, maybe. Work. And it do the thing that you had it set up I'm, to do? I'm, I'm pretty sure I flashed that profile to the device memory. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. So here's a... Cor- yeah. Oh. See? Is it... But it's not cycling. Well. So there you go. There you go. There's a K70. Ooh. Pretty. Ken, do me a favor real quick. Flip that light switch. Yeah. Flip oh. that light switch. Doing it live. Doing it live. Oh, dark. Wow. Look at that. Check that out. Ooh. Oh, wait. I can probably turn the intensity up. Stop. Ooh. You shouldn't turn off the background lights. Oh, now it's going to reset it. Yeah. No. Nope. I didn't turn them on. Okay. Sweet. Ooh, pretty cool. It is. Um, so uh, what do you do with that? Uh, you know, you can do some stuff, I so, guess. So there's like a control panel thing that Ken installed, and <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't look right at those lights yeah. when you turn them back on. Um, and imagine this, but fully animated and like rippling across. He was the doing whole like thing. a rainbow effect like across just, it. Yeah, like you could, there's all sorts of there's a crazy th- like. The forum subsection on Corsair's forums, yeah. where people are just posting because you can like script these things, the you know all the key white combinations, animations, whatever, and then you can export it and you can just like upload share it, it yeah. and share it out. We're, we're so, gonna do we're gonna do like a review competition at a land party. Yeah. Oh yeah, we I don't definitely do that. That's what I was saying the other day was wait till QuakeCon because. I think these are going to be kind of all the, over the, the place. S- the first, my first impression is that the software is pretty difficult to use. Uh, yeah, there's hard. a learning curve. There's a, there's a pretty steep learning curve for keyboard macro software, essentially. Um, but once you once you start to like import some other stuff and see how they worked it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and the idea of like downloading key color combinations for specific games, MOBAs. MMOs, that is really strategy cool. games, yeah. stuff like Eve that you play, where there's tons of things that you could map, and now yep. you can color code them. You can have all your different hotkeys, game specific, all light yeah. up whatever color you it's want. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that will be a hundred and sixty nine dollars for that K seventy, which out isn't now. that much more. What's that? It's out now. Oh, it's for yeah, sale. It, now. it is yeah. out, but that's not much more than a. First of all, the it's Cherry Keys. Cherry Keys, right? And second, it's not that much more than a, just a standard like backlit one color. Cherry key based keyboard, right? It's it's like 30, 40 bucks more yeah. than, than the equivalent yeah. like Corsair, right? It's pretty nifty. Yeah. And I mean, all I the keys are cherry keys. I, wanted, I told Ken I wanted to use it as a marquee. I would just have like words scroll across it. Maybe like have, maybe, can I, wonder if, I wonder if it's smart enough if I type an A, can it scroll an A across the whole keyboard if I 
You could. I could. Congratulations, Maybe. Ken. You got your next project. You could have the keyboard Let's read back bad. to you the letters that you're typing in. That's kind of creepy. Like spell it out in the LEDs. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It really sucks for entering passwords. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. no. What's that password? Oh, love. I'll just look at it. Damn. Uh, what they else also, we got going on? They also make on? it in a model that's got all the macro, all what is the macro it, keys. What is it, like 18 macro keys or something? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a K95, K70, K65. So, uh, Jeremy, what do you know about Asus and Robert Morris University? They're partnering for uh, eSports. Yeah, and it does really deserve those double quotes. I'm sorry. It, it, it just still seems weird, but then again... We're living in a world where poker qualifies as a sport now Ugh. and gets its own channel. So, hey, why not? But it is kind of neat in that uh, there is this uh, organization that is now essentially legitimate. And so okay. if you're really good at League of Legends, you can now get a scholarship Sweet. Oh, man. to Robert Morris University. Okay, how long ago was it we saw we we said that universities were kind of crazy to have game development curriculum? It's been a, it's been a while since that's kind of been it's a about thing. ten or fifteen years. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? I see the ads on TV all the time. I have a cousin. I haven't been able to talk out of it. Hey, uh, have have you been able to tighten up those graphics yet? <laughs> <laughs> you need to tighten up the graphics on level three. Yeah. I I I find this kind of stuff. Uh, interesting. I don't know if I find it le- like legit. Yeah, uh, Asus partnered with uh, Robert Morris to provide over three dozen monitors to the university, specifically the uh, VG two forty eight QE one hundred forty four hertz panels. No, it's I mean that's ten thousand dollars for the hardware. Okay, another example. <clears throat> When's the last time you used archery <laughs> to make a living? I have never. Oh, How many universities offer archery? Was that the ROG Swift part number you just rattled off? No, no that's oh, okay. the first uh, G-Sync monitor okay. that, that I rattled off. That's why nobody can get them. Okay. I bet there's not a lot of archery scholarships left, Josh, if there ever no. were. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> but on still, the other hand, everybody university offers sure an would. archery class. <laughs> university, I sure would. Yeah. <laughs> and there are two things. On the one point, it does get somebody into university. This is a good thing. Yeah. And the other is, I I don't know that it's still a thing, but for the longest time, uh, Fortune 500 companies would ask, did you play World of Warcraft? If so, what level did you hit and did you help run a guild? And if you ran a World of Warcraft guild, that was actually something that they would look for because it was sort of a direct speak, uh, directly speaking to your organizational abilities to sure. herd these bunch of yeah. lifeless idiots to get together on a right, regular <laughs> yeah, occasion to do something. I- Oh. As much as I yeah, have to say it, that is management. Master. I mean, that you is get forty people into a raid. Yeah, it's. I mean, it literally I think I every it's... Wednesday, trying to get this group of people, yeah, organized yeah. in front of microphones. Yeah, I mean, I ran like a corporation and at one point an alliance for a while in Eve Online. That was just. I think I took years off my life, just trying to. You know, it is hurting cats. It really is. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but on Eve, you're hurting Icelandic people. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like cats. I heard that somewhere. Uh, if you like DisplayPort 1.3, wait till you meet USB 3.1. Oh, great! Jeremy, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, this is 
hard to explain in some ways because the second that you start talking about DisplayPort, people get confused about USB 3.1 and the super speed. But you, you, the, the main thing is you no longer have to flip your USB cable three times. It, hey. it will fit the first time. Uh, Apple is no longer going to be able to giggle about that in their lightning. On the other hand, what else does it mean? It means that speed will go up to 10 gigabits, which is just lovely. It will be able to provide 100 watts of power simultaneously to providing that much data speed. Which is charge my phone at 100 watts? You can uh, if you want a toaster. It'll be quicker than the microwave. (laughs) It's going to be incredible. But what was really new uh, that we hadn't really seen before is that they've introduced something called DisplayPort Alternate Mode. And so, as it turns out, DisplayPort data can be packeted so that you can actually run it um, sort of the same way that we were thinking that Thunderbolt would work, where you can send four different signals over the same wire without interrupting any of those signals. Hmm. So what you'll actually be able to do on a single connector when they eventually do put out a port on both ends, uh, on your monitor and on the laptop or just on your desktop, you'll be able to do... DisplayPort AV two channels, so 5.4 gigabits on the old uh, DisplayPort or 8.1 each on the new one. The 100 watts of power and full 10 gigabits uh, data for your USB. On a, and now I'm not quite sure how you're going to be uploading USB data to your monitor, but you know this may happen sure. at some point. Yeah. But it just the fact that they can do this is utterly crazy. The, f- the first couple of generations that you see come out of this cable is probably going to be DisplayPort 1.2a speeds. So the, the slower 5.4 gigabit, uh, gigabits that we had previously. See how hard it is to say that? You should just say it the old way. Gips. Gigabits. 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 Blow it up your gigabits. Gigabaps. Gigabaps. <laughs> But okay, so at that point, you're still going to be able to do full speed uh, USB 3.1, and for the most part, hmm. you're going to be stuck with this one either doing 4K resolution video or using one display port, the power, and the data. Once the next generation comes out, you're actually going to see the brand new uh, version of uh, display port. So you're going to get the 8.1 gigabits. So you can actually do 4K video just over that. I mean, it's going to be 60 gigahertz. It's it's going to be perhaps a little bit cramped, but it's not going to be too bad, hmm. especially if you're not using the data. Boom. Your monitor is now powered by your bloody laptop, and you've got 4K video. They, and, and this is sort of the last thing just ended off with, is that there are actually a couple of dedicated pins on either end of the connector. So that when 5K video does come, you'll be able to do 5K video over one single cable and still have USB 2.0 speeds going on. Again, I don't see the usage scenario for it, but just the fact that you can do this intrigues me. It's going to be kind of neat. Artist renderings, courtesy of Foxconn. Yeah, it is kind of neat if you just do it over Thunderbolt now. Uh, Right. Yeah, but Thunderbolt got ruined for us. Uh, Did someone just suddenly give Alan an emergency suppository? Mm, (laughs) It was all the bips. (laughs) 
I, you know, the I pips, would have seen the it boops, had that the happened. Peeps, the creeps. Uh, no, the other thing I was pondering there was I, I have a feeling it's going to be higher than 5 volts. Because to get 100 watts over. No, it's totally fine. Your laptop's Where, not your doing hand? 100 watts. It's 220 amps. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you fondled some of these, some similar co connectors that didn't get hot. Because that's one thing, is that that just sounds like it's going to get warm. Yeah. I just don't see, like, I don't know, Thunderbolt's been doing this for a while and nothing really uses it. Well, that's because nothing's been, like... Thunderbolt is different. We saw, like, a regression in Thunderbolt integration. How, how is it? Because these cables are not trying to packetize PCIe, and you need a controller on the other end to handle that and everything. You need a controller on the other end of yes, a USB device? but not a PCI... Yeah. Capable controller. It's different. I bet USB 3.1 sees wider adoption. Than, I just don't yeah, think the video thing will ever see that wide of an adoption. Probably not. I, I would agree. Probably not. Well, 5K over one cable. Indeed. Right there. Uh, let's, uh, we got uh, one more story here really to, to talk about. NVIDIA selling their own SLI bridges. And it's not brother to Jeff bridges or the other bridges. Correct? Yes. So they've actually had these for a while. If you've seen any of their like stock foot, stock photography or seen any of their demo systems, they're always using these fancy SLI bridges with the new GeForce logo that lights up and all that crap. Yep. Well, they're now finally selling them uh, $29 or $39, depending on if you want the two-way or the three-way bridge, and then you have to purchase it. It is, it is a fixed size, right? So it's not a flexible one. Yeah. You want two-way SLI, two-way spaced SLI, or three-way SLI. I mean, where the heck were these? In like a warehouse with the Ark? I mean, what? Yes, correct. I don't, I don't know what their issue was, to be honest with you. Um, and you'll be able to control that light just by using the GeForce Experience software in terms of like huh. flashing or static or but brightness it's just a green or light. pulsing. So, it's just a green light. Yeah. I wonder if that'll work with the EVGA ones then. I don't know. I don't know if we they integrated that. that in there. Well, yeah, we should, we should do that. Um, hmm. But they're, they're for sale on NVIDIA's on NVIDIA, but the, I mean, on, on GeForce.com, I guess. The, aside from the light, functionally, it's... Functionally, it's identical. Exactly the same yeah, thing. No, it's, yeah, it's the exact same thing. The only thing you got to worry about is because it's not a flexible one, if, uh, like, for example, if you looked at that MSI 970 card we showed a picture of, yeah. the heatsink was actually a little bit higher than the PCB. Yeah, won't fit. So that won't work. Like, if you wanted to do it in SLI, you have to get a flexible one that can kind of just yeah. wrap over that. So uh, pretty neat little things. Uh, here's a little Here's a little secret. No. We're going to have some of these to give away during the live stream Sweet. with Tom tomorrow, He's Thursday, bring them in his the 25th. Will, will they work in Crossfire? Yeah, no, they'll, if you plug them on your AMD cards, they'll absolutely just totally. work. Yeah, they light up totally. red, too. All right. Uh, our, yeah, whoops. Our last little bit of information is kind of more of a question. Uh, so there are rumors going around that AMD is going to announce something tomorrow. There are people on Twitter talking about uh, these, like, pills no pills required. Hashtag futures AMD. Stay tuned. And Red talking pill about the versus 25th. blue pill. So they're doing a play on the Matrix. I, I, I guess. Which was like, kind of yeah. like simulated world stuff. So if you draw enough of a conclusion, it's probably just, VR related. That's just a guess, Do you though. think it's VR related? I, well, that was my I, guess earlier yeah, what, today kind or of something. Agree. I don't I don't know. We'll know tomorrow. Just uh, What time tomorrow? They don't, it's using standalone graphics cards on the AM1 platform. There you go. In Sweet. India. Boy, I hope that's not what it is. <laughs> Wouldn't that be exciting? I think the red-blue makes most sense for 3D because that's your typical... That's your oh, old style you think 3D glasses. Doing the red and no, blue no, no. I don't, oh. no, I don't think they're going to do that, but I think it's a callback to it. 
Maybe. Because right? you got the red, blue, you know, filters, and that's how you used to do 3D in the old day. Now they're yeah, talking about, well, yeah. now no pills required, none of that color crap. We're going to show you how awesome. No, Oculus we're going to shove you down the rabbit hole, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and, and I think a. Another maybe potential reason why it would probably be 3D is there's uh, Oculus Connect is happening or did happen. It was like a, a conference around Oculus development. And there was uh, a Tom's Hardware story with um, uh, that talked with Tom Forsyth, who was the Oculus VR software architect. I think he used to be at Intel. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, they they he they asked him about, hey, you know, NVIDIA announced all this low latency VR stuff with uh, Maxwell. You know, what's AMD going to do? And he actually said Oculus V that that the enhancements for NVIDIA GPUs is stuff that's already available in AMD graphics cards. Yeah, uh, and some of the optimizations are already in the consoles, for example. Um, so it, it kind of leads me to believe that maybe AMD is just going to have a marketing program built around that now to kind of show, you know, to say, hey. We can do we do all that stuff as well or better or something. That would be my guess. Um, but I honestly have, like, I have no idea what the hell they're doing. I don't know. We'll know tomorrow. I, I guess. By the way, that's a really bad picture. On this, that's like that guy on the left is not. Wow. Does not. Are, are you sure he's not shopped? John Geta of Lucasfilm. Sorry, buddy. I would have not used that photo in my story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. Um, I had a second one, and now I totally forgot what it was, but I guess I'll just go back with my original. I totally didn't put the link in when I thought about it. Uh, I have <laughs> – this is a funny story. I was at a garage sale at my dad's house in Columbus. My dad and stepmother were having a garage sale, and they asked me to come up and help because moving heavy things, whatever, my yep. dad's 72 years old. How ago. much of your own stuff did you have to buy back? I didn't buy, none. <laughs> I wasn't selling any of my stuff. It was only it was my dad's and, and, and my stepmother's things. And they had this plastic bin with like old phone chargers and like literally like RJ eleven phone cables. Awesome. Right. And everything was a quarter and they just you know, they were just getting rid of stuff. Just take and I was it. kinda like as I was bored walking around the thing while I wasn't helping people move stuff, I looked through and I picked up a USB charger. And it was a Verizon branded USB charger. Is that where that came from? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a Verizon branded USB brick with like a cable attached to it. And I thought, well, this is actually it's looking good quality. It's nice. I looked at it. It's a 10 water. I'll I'll take it with That's me. I'll fine. Just, I'll stuff it in my backpack. I'll I'll need it eventually. So that night, uh, I spent the night at their house and I was like I need to charge my phone. I reached in the bag and pulled out this thing. There's my and uh, the charger has like a little red and light. And it lights up kind of crazy, doesn't it? The right well the red the Didn't you already use this like 6 Did months I? ago? I don't uh, think so. Maybe. I don't know. No, considering you got it in July. Yeah. Oh, what's up now? I don't know. I guess you talked about it somewhere. Maybe I did. Had... Well, you but... talked about it at QuakeCon when, was here, yeah, when you, you were there. Oh, Thanks. oh yep, yep, there it was. Thank it's you totally for spoiling good. the entire story. You just ruined it. Anyway, Ru- go ahead. Go on. Everything. Go on, Ryan. Go on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I plug it in, and um, I reach for the cable to plug in my phone, and as I reach for it, a light comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? And I kind of like says, put everything down. Welcome to your Hitachi Wand <laughs> 3.0. <laughs> so if you look at this cable, I found one on Amazon. It's very similar. It, this, the end of it where you actually plug it into your phone has a little LED on it. Even better, it's a capacitive LED. So if you touch the not the cable but the black part around the edge of it, mm-hmm. it turns it on. So, like, if you're ever, you know, trying to, to plug your phone in at night or something like that, uh, yeah. you don't want to turn on the lights and wake up your wife or whatever it is, you just pick that up and it's got just a little LED light on it so you can see the plug on your phone and plug it in. And it's really, really cool 
and I have and they have no idea where it came from either. It was funny. I was like, "What device did you get this with?" Probably came with a Verizon phone. Well, she was like, "I have no idea." Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm stealing it. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay ten dollars just for that particular cable. Yeah, you don't even get the charger. Although, oh man, look at those sweet colors you can get. Yeah, that's kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, but it was well worth it for a quarter. It was definitely worth it for a quarter. It is a six-foot cable, which is fairly long for a USB cable as well. That's also good. Uh, This one is called the NASTEC LED micro USB charge and sync cable with capacitive touch control. And it's a flat cable, too. It's flat. Yeah. Yeah. So this is – is, and the one I have is not actually flat, but this is the closest one I could find. So pretty neat little thing. Yep. Yeah. The only thing thing I will say is uh, (laughs) if you're, like, using it while you're charging it, right, you've got it plugged in. The light still comes on As you when you touch, touch it, the, yeah. even while it's plugged in. I think that should maybe be turned off because, like, what happens if I'm like reading a web page in the, <laughs> in the light bay, keeps turning and, and I like I keep hitting it with my pinky or something like that, and the light keeps flashing, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe don't do that. Uh, but that's my pick, Jeremy. It was a bit of a reach this week, but uh, I did have to go with something that Rock, Paper, Scissors posted. Not just because they let it with the, as we all know, Half-Life 3 is released without fanfare tomorrow. uh, Which was just brilliant. But Minerva. If you've never played Minerva Metasis, it's... If you own Half-Life 2 Episode 1, you can get it for free off Steam. Hmm. It is a huge redo... Uh, it's a, um, originally started as a mod. Valve looked at it and went, holy shit, yeah, we'll, we'll throw our name behind that. Not a problem. So you're not playing uh, uh, Jacob Freeman. You're playing <laughs> some other fellow who's stuck on a combine island and has to fight their way to the bottom to encounter the end of the game. Hmm. Much like many other games. But it is seriously well done in ways. The level design is actually better than Half-Life 2. Uh, if you've never played it, it's friggin' free on Steam. Go for it. There's another mod uh, called Minerva. Well, go on, you uh, before you go f- that. Sorry? It was it was originally released in, in three parts yes. many years ago. And yes, yeah. it's fantastic. As opposed to Half-Life, which was released in two parts and then left mm. us hanging. So, so does this do... 2.5. Does this do what, like... Um, opposing Force and Blue Shift did the last time where the, the actual storyline is happening and like you run into Freeman you are not a couple of times? anywhere near the same place okay so totally no so, overlap at all, all right. uh, well there's hints and sort of yeah yeah the, 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 there's a, a very Gladys type uh, voice overhead that, that does and there are a couple of hints in it there's also another mod called Minerva which if you got Bioshock 2 from games for Windows Live and did the little thing before they kicked it off of it. You can Ugh. also get for free. Right now it's ten bucks on Steam if you didn't, so that's a second choice. Just take a look at it. <laughs> Josh, what do you got? Me. It's something old, something new. It it has a little bit more blue in the color palette, but uh it's DG two. And I'm not talking Dolce and Gabbana to skinny jeans, which I look oh, fantastic Ken is, in. Ken is disappointed now. Oh, was that yeah. finally done? Defense Grid 2, it's done. You can buy it, purchase it. Sweet. They're on my way. Get it. it. Well, there you have it. Setting so, the bar uh, is the definitive tower defense game. Defense Grid 2 introduces new worlds and threats to test your tower placement strategies. Wow, that sounds riveting. I'm no, sure, it I'm sure it's good, but, but it's, test your tower sadly, placement strategies. Josh, Josh knows what Defense Grid 1 did to me. Well, you know what Defense Grid 1 did to me. <laughs> 
I've got a lot of hours oh, on that. Don't. And it's just, it's one of these games where you've got levels, you can pick up, you can play them in 20 or 30 minutes, and it's different every time depending on the decisions you make. And it's just, you just kind of hone yourself to what you can figure out and what's the best, and it's just... Infinite yeah. variations upon a theme. It's 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 better it did than make... the uh, the Kawasaki uh, violin twinkle twinkle little star because that that'll <laughs> kill you after a while. But um, this is actually fun. So it, did, it did make the NeoGaf uh, games we buy but never playlist. Wow! So there's that. They they need to they need to actually play it because it's yeah DG one. Wonderful. I, I I I don't. I've heard nothing but good things. How, how amazing would it look in DSR? Oh man, so many. They'd probably oh. look pretty good. Oh, no, you're doing 4K with 144 megahertz refresh. Although for megahertz, holy if, crap! If, if it plays anything like the beta of DG2 did, you you kind of need a decent video card. Oh really? Yeah. Do they list uh, like minimum specifications or something? Like it's really it's, it's on the back of the box. It's <laughs> yeah, flip, it's on the back. Of, Here it is. It right requires a DX10 video card with shader four support and Passmark video benchmark of a, what the f- yeah, what? I don't know what uh, ATI Radeon HD thirty six fifty or better. What's the recommended? Yeah, that, he just uh, said it. That's the minimum. Oh, sorry. Oh, I uh, don't. They don't recommend it. Anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you need something decent. I mean, like, it, it was okay on a 680, you know, on, like, a 30-inch. on Linux. Linux? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, DG2. Cool. Yeah. And There's no such thing as Linux. <clears throat> exactly. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. 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 All right, Alan, what do you got? Uh, so, if you're super impatient and you have an 840 or an 840 Evo, seems appropriate pick since probably a lot of listeners that do have these things. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to do that little trick I mentioned earlier about just copying the stuff you want to go faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a thing called Disk Fresh. This is actually from a commenter in our article on this. So, thanks for that. Um, it's just a tool that will run on the system drive included. Um, and it just reads and writes everything front to back for you that's it Simple. disc fresh and it's free for non-commercial use is this in the same aisle as the toilet paper and the yes has your disc been feeling not Close, so fresh not yes fresh. if your disc is not so fresh <laughs> you should Pure run disc fresh can solve that for you i like the user interface for this it's um is it's it one real... button it's to the point <laughs> yeah just what disc and go refresh selected Huh. See, there you go. Pause, stop. Is there any no. other reason you would ever want to do this? Who in this? the hell's running a 100 meg fat disk? Well, I don't know. Go it's, back to that. Yeah. That's Windows 7 setup stuff. All, all you need know. is just a tool that uses Windows API to do reads and writes of files that are, may, may even be in use. Right? Can, so this, did you answer my question? Why would you ever want to do this except for this specific problem? Uh, long-term storage on hard disks and scrubbing hard disks. If you notice, if you go back to the screenshot, you notice that there was a read-only mode, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which would kind of do the same thing that SpinWrite would do to a drive. You're forcing the drive to read everything. You're basically just scrubbing the drive. So if you had a bad sector on a drive that on a file that you never touched, mm-hmm. you would never know, right? But if you force it to go through all those files then you're... But would that, that wouldn't fix the A40 issue because you're not doing any writing. No, no, it wouldn't, but okay. it might force that hard drive to, before that sector got too far gone, just over time, okay. 
right? It might force it to relocate that sector, that kind of thing. Or it might at least make it so that you know you had the bad sector. Yeah. Right? Um, and it might be handy if you had a raid that didn't have a controller that did um, periodic scrubbing. Like, I have an Eureka raid card. You can tell it every two weeks, read everything front to back, and it just does it in the background, right? If you don't have that, you could run this. Because mm. potentially you could have bad files or bad sectors on drives that the RAID controller never knew that it was bad because it never touched that spot, right? And then when it does, now you run into that thing where you better hope you have Western Digital Reds or something with TLER, right? Because now you're trying to do a recovery. You don't know if there was another mm-hmm. bad sector on some other drive until it might be too late, right? So this is So TLER stands for too late, everybody's wrecked? No, no, no. Wrecked, R-E-K-T. <laughs> Yeah. So to wait, everybody's R E K T. Yes. So this would change your date modified times, right? I'm not sure, based on how this one writes, because that would be a mess. Because uh, that's know. how I sort by in a lot of folders. Yeah, that's true. So if everything was modified at the same time, yeah, I mean we can just we can try it on something. Do it something. to a folder. Yeah. See what it does. That's interesting. All right. That's that's uh. It's called it's called what again? Disc fresh. Disc fresh. Disc fresh. <laughs> All right. Well, to unwreck your drive. Word. word. Unwreck your TLER. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Finally, we are finished. Um, PCPro.com slash podcast. Go find uh, the RSS files, all the ways to download our, our podcast or find the videos. PCPro.com slash live is where we record the show every uh, Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh, PCPro.com slash live is also where we'll have uh, our NVIDIA stream tomorrow, Thursday the 25th, and our EVGA stream on Friday the 26th. And go to uh, our website and look at the schedule there. I also got a request an email for a... Um, uh, a Google, a public Google, Google Calendar link, so you can just add this to your own calendar, and we provided that to him, and we're going to go ahead and add that link into the right-hand side of the site sometime uh, this week, probably. So if you want to do that as well, you don't have to wait for our emails. You can have it on your calendar, all of our totally awesome events. So do that, too, I guess. We'll be back next week, guys. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm well, Josh Walrath. <clears throat> and I'm Alabama Tom. Bye.